Hey BFFs, this is Susan. Thanks for joining Heather and me for episode 25 of the Life Coach BFF podcast. Please take a second to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and give us a thumbs up if you're enjoying it. In this episode, Heather and I share parts of our infertility journey. We both know the heartache firsthand, and even after 20 years, it isn't easy to talk about. But we also know there's hope. We have four kiddos each now. We're here to encourage others through their journey. So grab a tissue and let's get started. You know, I made my first reel on Instagram about two weeks ago. And I, I did it to my favorite song. It came out pink. Pink brought it out about the time my LPT was born. So that would have been around 2001 and he goes i'm coming out so you better get this party started you know what i'm talking about yes that song's not that old surely not did you see the real it is 10 years no no it's older than that it's probably (laughs) i mean it's 19 years old i bet (laughs) it's so funny I had he just busted up in here with the dog and I went, be quiet. He was like, you slam the door. So anyway, so anyway. you need to have your, just like, what the heck? You need to have your assistant escorted all the time. Yes. Production assistant. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So anyway. Well, so anyway, having said all that, if, if you haven't seen that reel, so I did that. That was my first one to ever do, which was so fun to play around with. And I have this shopping center. They're building in South Haven, Mississippi, which is right on the Memphis border. They're building a, a square, like an old town square. And it is adorable. So that's what I showed in that reel. But anyway, I, I love that song. It gets me all excited. It's just <laughs> fun. Excited oh, I love in a good it. way. Not excited, like upset excited, but excited in a good way. <laughs> I'll tell you yeah. what got me, got me upset in a bad way. And I've not thought about this in a long time is um, LP2. She reminded me last night about being on bed rest with her when I was pregnant with her yeah and she started talking about that and she's and she said it so casually she said remember when the doctor told you that i that i probably wouldn't make it to to 30 weeks and if i did i would be stillborn and when she said it she was smiling because it you know it's not it doesn't mean the same thing to her that it does to me because when yes. she said it, I got a mental image of the doctor standing in front of me. And like, it just took me back. I just remembered how I felt when he said those words. Yeah. 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 You were, you remember all the fear and the anxiety and she just knows that she's like, eh, look what they said. Look at me now. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. She but, being an almost nine pound baby. And that's what she thinks. Yes. Not- yes. She's a miracle baby. Remind, you know, I forget all of that too. So 
And you and I both, I mean, it's funny because we never, we don't talk about this. You and I both dealt, dealt with fertility issues that, I mean, we just, we don't talk about it. Do you, we just, you and I both like to skirt around side topics. We don't want to get into it. And I can't believe we've never really, really talked about this. Can you, we've been friends for over 20 years. We've never really discussed how we felt. That's true. That is true. Because I guess when we met and became friends Mm -hmm. at that point, things were, well, we knew each other when, when you were pregnant with LP2 and I was pregnant with LP2, three and four, but it was so crazy that after they were born that we didn't have that much time to sit and you know, and really discuss all of it. Do you know what I mean? We were just, we were trying to deal with the here and now. Yeah. I, yeah. We never have, we never really have talked about all that. No, I think we were just so happy that all four of the babies were alive. Yes. That was, yeah, that is true. That is true. And I was just trying to keep, yeah. Yeah. And it was several months before I was, sure that all of mine were going to stay alive so right yeah it was um yeah that was that yeah so so backing up a little bit because you know this when she mentioned all this then I started thinking I think another reason why I've just blocked it out of my head because I knew that I was not going to have any more pregnancies after that but now the reality of the fact that you know, my oldest LP is married and, you know, at some point we'll probably have a baby, I would think. And then, you know, and then I've got number two who's coming and you and your two girls are getting to that age to where at some point they'll marry and probably have a baby. And Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden, and I'm not a real anxious person, but I got really anxious thinking about I just hope they don't miscarry because I had all those miscarriages between my LP1 and LP2. Do you ever think about that? I, you know, I, I do worry about them experiencing infertility like I did. Yeah. Because I never, I never had any miscarriages. I just could not get pregnant. No, you did um, though. Remember you missed, you were pregnant with, quadruple well that's true that is true that was that's the yeah but I I did lose one out of four and that left three but I don't think that that does not compare at all to losing a singleton pregnancy right yeah it it doesn't because you feel excited you still have the excitement because you were still pregnant with triplets yes yeah 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 so it's not it's it's it was nothing the same it was nothing the same and um so I don't really think of myself as having experienced a miscarriage like how most people think of that Mm -hmm. but I do worry about I mean I worry about that because it was such a hard time it was you know it was so um yeah it was just really hard yeah. Because, you know, it took us eight years. How long? Eight years. Of infertility. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Susan, that's a long time. It is a long time. It is. So and look, wait, I'm sorry. Now the, you know, the, I was thinking, um, there's, um, a friend of mine's child is married and, um, he and his wife are sort of, they've been married two or three years and they're to that point where they're starting to talk about kids. He's not ready and she is. And it's easy to say, because I remember just kind of flippantly saying to the mom, oh, you know, she's like, I'm ready for grandkids. And I was like, yeah, you know, they need to get busy before they're 30, you know. And then I was thinking how hard it was, especially around holidays, when you get together with family, especially older you know, family, you know, like your mom and dad, they know what's going on, but the aunts and the uncles and the cousins will, and they, they did it to me. And, um, it just made me think, you know, it, they would say, when are y'all going to have kids? Like, do you know what I mean? Like it was, and it was so painful because, it was all you could do not to cry about the whole thing. And then for them to act so flippant about it, but you didn't, you weren't really, you didn't want to tell them the, your entire business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes if you said, you know, well, we're trying, then they make some off color joke or something. And you're just like, yeah. you know, so people, I just hope people are very cognizant of how rude that can be just so flippantly asking people about you know having children like that because they may be trying and they can't and that's very painful or they're they may not be quite ready and that's a very personal thing to decide whether you're ready to take on raising a, a person mm -hmm. and so I just um I just had to remind myself you know that it really wasn't any of my business and it's certainly not say something that would be hurtful to somebody like that because it was yeah. such a painful time and I never I know a lot of people um they would they would get really jealous and angry and at their friends that were having children and thankfully that never happened to me because I mean I know you can't control your feelings but that you know it wasn't their fault and I couldn't expect everybody in the world to put their childbirth and on hold because I you know couldn't do it right I never did experience that but that's very common you know oh I'll, I mean Just, I'll tell you I had a very hard time with baby showers during that time I had a really hard time and my my issue too was if it was a shower I was happy for my friends who were having babies I was mm -hmm. happy for them but if showers that came around what was my due date were very painful for me it was very painful and I can remember because I, I didn't have any miscarriages before LP1 but I can remember coming home after a DNC after no not a dnc after a miscarriage coming home from the hospital because i had gone to the er and i was 16 weeks pregnant and i remember walking in and i mean at that point i was showing and then i had an a, 
three-year-old, you know, who was running around telling everybody she was going to be a big sister. But I remember walking in and the ultrasound picture that I had on the refrigerator, somebody had taken it and thrown it in the garbage can. And I don't know if it was the hubs or my mother because they just wanted to take away some of the pain, but I think it was even more painful to have that happen. Yeah. yeah yeah but I had a hard mm-hmm. time with baby showers I just I bet and, and there was one every other week at that point because everybody we knew I mean we were popping out babies left and right 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 but I mean I just thinking back I don't know what would have made it any easier like I don't know if there's anything that anybody could have said to me during that time but it may, I mean, it just, mm-hmm. it really was hard. That was just a mm-hmm. terrible, and people don't realize how hard it is. I can remember people saying to me, like people would ask you when you were going to have children, why don't you have children? Mm-hmm. Well, my thing was I had this, this, you know, toddler running around and people would try to talk, try to talk me into having another baby. Oh, she needs a little baby brother. She needs a little baby sister what are y'all waiting on? And I just wanted to go, I'm trying, but it was so, oh, it was just so hard. Yeah. And they, you know, and when they're saying it, they really, they don't mean to be thoughtless, you know, and rude, but it really is. It really is. It is. And I even thought to myself last night, I thought, you know, if one of my girls or if I have a daughter-in-law at some point who miscarries, what, I mean, I don't even know. I've been through it several times and I still don't know what I would say to try to console them. I mean, what, you know, Mm -hmm. I I I still don't know what the best thing to do is or react. Yeah. I I don't either. I don't either because I mean, even when I was going through all that, I almost didn't want to talk to anybody else that was going through it. I felt like I had to figure it out how to get through it on my own because some people, I guess, I guess I didn't, on one hand, I did not want to talk to people who I didn't, there was a long time that I did not want to accept that I was going to have to use donor eggs. And so I didn't want to talk to anybody that had adopted or used donor eggs because I had not accepted that that was going to be the way I was going to have children. And so to talk to them about it was to accept what I was looking at in my mind as defeat. Oh, wow. And so, and so I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. One of my best friends, my mother's best friends and um, a girl that, you know, best friends I grew up was adopted. And her mom said, if you ever want to talk to me about all of those bad feelings, please do. I mean, I've been there. I know what it feels like. And I never did because I didn't want to, you know what I'm saying? I didn't want to accept that that was how things were going to turn out for me because I was still fighting right Um, I know that it probably didn't make a whole lot of sense but um yeah it was it was um I mean infertility is terrible to have to deal with because um it's private so you don't want to talk to everybody about it so you don't get a lot of support except from just a very few close people it's expensive Mm -hmm. um 
you know, and everybody has their own opinion about it. Um, right. And then your spouse is grieving as well, you know, along with you, because it really, I think it really is a grief, a grief process that you have to go through um, yeah. because it's not how you thought you were going to do things. And for most of us, we pretty much, you know, when we get to that point, we're young and pretty much everything has worked out in our life like we wanted it to. And this is the first thing we've ever come up against that we just couldn't do by sheer willpower. That That's was the hardest point. thing for me. That yeah. was the hardest part for me. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's such a good point, Susan. That I mean, that really is. That's probably the first thing that most women, young women, face that they really have no control over. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and for me, this is, this was a big part of it was not, I wanted to replace what I had lost with a miscarriage. And even during a DNC, well, when I, when I came out of a DNC in the recovery room, uh, one of my neighbors was the nurse and she told me that I said, I think I'm going to get a puppy. So, and I was so out of it, but in my mind, I just wanted to replace what I had just lost. So she told me a couple of days later, she called me and asked me if I was okay. And she said, well, you, you told me you were going to get a puppy. Okay. So anyway, it just, um, it, it was, I just wanted to replace what I had lost mm -hmm. basically. And one of the pregnancies were twins. So I lost one of the twins. Have I ever told you that? No, I had no idea. Yeah. One, I can't believe I've never told you this. Susan, I can finally talk about all this without crying. And it's been over 20 years. Can you believe that? Yes. Yes. I mean, it's, yeah. That's why we don't want to talk about it ever. That's because. We, yeah. We want to stay happy. We don't want to dredge up the worst time of our life. I mean, it really was. It was, it was the worst time. It was mm -hmm. definitely in the top three worst time yeah. ever. So, I mean, th this is how excited we were about the twins. The Hobbs ran out and bought an SUV. He was so excited. So then I ended up losing the first twin fairly early and then the second twin was the the loss at 16 weeks oh so at that okay. point after I went into the ER with LP2 when I was on bed rest and having a lot of issues and I really thought I was going to miscarry her and the OBGYN who was on call and who I saw said I if I'm on call, I want to tie your tubes because he looked at my, the chart and saw how many miscarriages I'd had. He said, you, you don't need to do this anymore. This is not fair to you. When this baby's born, I want to tie your tubes. And he kind of put that in my head that I just needed to do something that this had to stop. Yeah. Yeah. So 
when I had her, I did have my tubes tied. But of course, when she got to be a few years old, I felt like somebody was missing still. Mm -hmm. I I think Mm -hmm. I had lost all those pregnancies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I still, I, um, even now, sometimes I count, which makes no sense, but sometimes I count my kids and I'm like, I feel like there's one missing. And I'm like, one, two, three, four. I mean, I've had four, 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 four. And I'm like, I count them and then I count them again because I think somebody's missing. And I'm like, no, they're all here. But there's just something in there that's like somebody's missing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely understand that. And what is really weird. So, and we'll talk about this. I would love to share this on another podcast because this is a whole, this would take forever, but that, I think that's what led us to adoption, our family to adoption, uh-huh. because now we have four, but that, I think I just, somebody was always missing, but I'll tell you this, <laughs> after this uh-huh. fourth one, I don't feel like anybody's missing. No, mm-mm. No, we, we did a couple more cycles because we had frozen embryos after the four of them. And I thought it would have been kind of fun, but after, after we did those couple of cycles and it didn't work, you know, God just flipped that switch. Cause I know we've talked about this before we were in the elevator after visiting one of our friends that had had number four and was doped up on morphine after her c-section and i still remember looking at you and we just back to it we don't ever want to do that again no No, i don't ever want to do that again but i I mean i feel i'm really thankful though that i was able to experience um having you know, having a bio, having biological children and experience yeah. adoptions because they're equally as special, but so different. Yes. Oh yeah. I wouldn't give anything for giving birth, but at some point you just, it's just like, uh-uh, we've, we've done all that we're going to do, you know, but do you remember, do you remember when, um, I think it was before, maybe before you even had LP4, but do you remember we were having a discussion and we were trying to remember when something was. And um, I think one of us said, was that when you were pregnant with LP3? And we were just kind of going back and forth and finally it hit us that you were never pregnant with LP3. Because <laughs> he was a doctor, <laughs> you know, I was like, but in our minds, it was all there the whole I don't know and that just you just kind of I don't know it was well, just funny yeah and it just I mean yeah. it's not like I've told you I mean we have four children two are adopted mm-hmm. and I forget which two yeah because you just yeah. completely forget you completely yes forget. yes yeah and one of our children that we adopted, he, he told me earlier that he shared with his class recently at school mm-hmm. that he was adopted. 
And I thought this was so funny because he said his teacher was talking about adoption and she asked, is anybody in this room adopted? And I was really shocked because, you know, he didn't want to talk about it before, but he, um, he did tell everyone that he, he was adopted. And the funny thing is nobody believed him. He said his friends, none of his friends believed him. Yeah, I was on the edge of my seat. Okay. Can you believe that nobody believed him? <laughs> His friends didn't believe him. Well, he he does look pretty much identical to you <laughs> and the other two LPs. So I can but that's so funny. They didn't believe him. Kids are so funny. I know. They're so funny. They're so funny. But yeah, I, I, we need to revisit this. We're running out of time, but we should revisit this because I want to hear your entire egg donor story. Okay. Yeah. We have a lot to unpack. You and I both do. It was, yeah, it, it was not a short story. It was quite the long novel for both of us. It was, but you know what? I'm proud of us because we've gotten through this, just even this conversation about miscarriage and just realizing that you were going to go a different route. That that was that was hard for us to get into. That's true. That is true. Mm -hmm. We we both like to keep it light and fluffy, but but yeah, I mean, I think it's good that we're finally at this point where we can talk about it. I do too, Susan. It's definitely healthy. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I want to talk about it just so I can help other people deal with it. If we have, you know, if one of our girls experiences any of this, I just, I want to be able to walk alongside them or anyone else and not be standing in the corner crying yes yes that's what i just want to be able to to um help you know lend some strength to somebody that's struggling with it yeah me too me too well i am oh before we go and we'll pick this up uh -huh. in the podcast how about that we'll we'll yeah. pick this back up but yeah I wanted to talk about Christmas gifts. What, before we run, what are your top three picks would you say this year for Christmas? Things that you've seen that you're like, you just think, I love this. Uh, for myself? <laughs> no. <laughs> for other people, what are your top? that you that you want to give people what are your top three <laughs> I do want to hear what you want for yourself that's great but what are your top three that you would say that you've seen lately that you're like that is just so fun oh well but what if I give it away um see. okay well um, I guess I can say, you know, our Pura, um, air thing, you know, our Pura air scent, help me out. Our you know, the things that make your house our, smell our good. Our Pura plug-ins that diffuse oil. They diffuse oil. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. But they're candles. Yes. They're like really nice candle scents. Yeah, like the really good ones. And you can control it with your phone. It has two scents in each one. So you can switch it up. Um, that, I think that, that's a fun, that's a fun gift. Mm-hmm. And um, trying to think what else. See, everybody on my list is so different. Um, I mean, see, that's my problem. I go shopping for other people's Christmas presents and I see all kinds of stuff that I want, tell but me, nobody okay, else. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want then. What did, what did okay, you I t- out that you loved? Okay. I got myself some things, some Christmas, some just stocking stuffers, you know, that my kids can give me if they want to. When I went to, um, I went to Mr. Discount you know, the drugstore, you know, you live in a small town when the best jewelry and trinkets are at the drugstore, yes. but they have a fantastic selection. <laughs> so, um, but I, I found a little candle that I had to have. And, um, I found a little ceramic rabbit that I had to have because, you know, I'm a rabbit. Um, and that's my Chinese um, year. I'm the year of the rabbit. And my other two, the cat broke my two. I had a pair of rabbits on the front porch with all my plants. And of course, the cat broke them both. So I needed another rabbit. Um, I'm trying to think what else did I just, what I, I saw that I just had to have. Um, I've been buying cars for Christmas this year. <laughs> Christmas. You're like Oprah this year. Yeah, I'm giving everybody a car, just like Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I'll tell you something that I love is that happy box that we unboxed last night. That was so cute. Every time I get that natural life catalog, I want to order everything in it. I, I love that. I think that's the greatest gift. Yeah, they are so cute. I mean, the designs are so cute and I love all their positive little sayings and just the vibe of the whole thing. Like that's how I want to live. I want to live in like a little um, gypsied out Airstream camper right there on the beach. <laughs> just that's, <laughs> that's like my dream life. So I love that. Okay. Sounds good to me. Well, I am going to feed all of my people. I feel like I'm always saying that. Let me go feed everybody. Like I'll work at the zoo or something, but <laughs> it's kind of like I've got to go pick up. I have to go pick up feed for my, um, for my flock tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to feed them. Uh, pizza is always a good thing on a Saturday night. So we, we did that last night. <laughs> oh, well, you can't do that again then. <laughs> again y'all have a great night we're going to pick up this conversation again in the next couple of days and like you said we're going to unpack this whole just this whole experience this whole infertility experience and Mm -hmm. we're going to unpack it all we've already opened the box we might as well get the rest out how about that and that's exactly right. We might as well unpack it. Have, we might as well have an unboxing. <laughs> the toothpaste is out of the tube. So here we go. 
All right, sissy, have a great night. Thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you for being here and we appreciate you. We appreciate all of your support. Thanks for tuning in BFFs. This is Kim Dennison with Dennison Travel. Dennison Travel is a boutique travel advisory and we specialize in custom making itineraries that are designed just for you. We handle each detail, big and small so that you can sit back, immerse yourself in the experience, and enjoy the journey. When you're ready to travel again, we're here for you, so let us be your travel planning partner. Connect with us at denisontravel.com, and don't forget to follow us on social. Mm -hmm.